All right, here we go. Evening recording, Marathon Sunday. Spent the day cheering outside. We got 10 pages left of Chronicles, so we're doing it. Hell or high water, no, no matter how long it takes. Got a brewski. It's 5.45. Let's go. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Meunites, I thought this said Meundies, Meunites came to make war on Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazan Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the Lord who is in heaven? You rule over all kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. O our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend? They have lived in it, and have built in it a sanctuary for your name. They have lived in it, and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment, or plague, or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matania, uh, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the passes, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. As they began to, 
as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped destroy one another. They helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies laying uh, lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then, then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and flutes and trumpets. The fear of God came upon all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. So Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilai. Shili. He walked in the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their fathers. The other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the annals of Jehu, son of Hanai, which are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Later, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, made an alliance with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who was guilty of wickedness. He agreed with him to con uh, construct a fleet of trading ships. After these were built at Ezion Geber, Elizir, son of Dodavahu of Mereshah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have made an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. The ships were wrecked and were not able to set sail to trade. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his fathers and was buried with them in the city of David, and Jehoram his son succeeded him as king. Jehoram's brothers, the sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azur, um, Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah, who, Michael, and Shephathiah. All these were sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. Their father had given them many gifts of silver and gold and articles of value, as well as fortified cities in Judah. But he had given the kingdom to Jehoram because he was his firstborn son. When Jehoram, Jehoram established himself firmly over his father's kingdom, he put all his brothers to the sword along with some of the princes of, uh, of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel at the house as the house of Ahab had done, for he married a daughter of Ahab. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Nevertheless, because of the covenant the Lord had made with David, the Lord was not willing to destroy the house of David. He had promised to maintain a lamp for him and his descendants forever. And the time of, in the time of Jehoram, Edom rebelled against Judah and set up its own king. 
So Jehoram went there with his officers and all his chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he rose up and broke through by night. To this day, Edom has been in rebellion against Judah. Libna revolted at the same time, because Jehoram had forsaken the Lord, the God of his fathers. He had also built high places on the hills of Judah, and had caused the people of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves, and had led Judah astray. Jehoram received a letter from Elijah the prophet, which said, This is what the Lord, the God of your father David, says. You have not walked in the ways of your father Jehoshaphat, or of Asa, king of Judah, but you have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, and you have led Judah and the people of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves, just as the house of Ahab did. You have also murdered your own brothers, member, members of your father's house, men who are better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and everything that is yours, with a heavy blow. You yourself will be very ill with a lingering disease of the bowels, until the disease causes your bowels to come out. The Lord aroused against Jehoram the hostility of the Philistines and of the Arabs who lived near the Cushites. They attacked Judah, invaded it, and carried off all the goods found in the king's palace, together with his sons and wives. Not a son was left to him except Ahaziah, the youngest. After all this, the Lord afflicted Jehoram with an incurable disease of the bowels. In the course of time, at the end of the second year, his bowels came out because of the disease, and he died in great pain. His people made no fire in his honor, as they had for his fathers. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He passed away to no one's regret, and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tomb of kings. Burn. Savage. That's what, that's what you get. When you fuck around, you've got to find out. The people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, Jehoram's youngest son, king in his place, since the raiders, who came with the Arabs into the camp, had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother's name was Athaliah, a granddaughter of Omri. He too walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother encouraged him in, wrong, in doing wrong. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, as the house of Ahab had done, for after his father's death they became his advisors to his undoing. He also followed their counsel when he went to Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Haziel, king of Aram, at Ramoth Gilead. The Aramaeans ruined Joram, wo wounded Joram. So he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds they had inflicted on him at Ramoth in his, basil, in his battle with Hazael, king of Aram. Then Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to Jezreel to see Joram, son of Ahab, because he had been wounded. Through Ahaziah's visit to Joram, God brought about Ahaziah's downfall. When Ahaziah arrived, he went out with Joram to meet Jehu, son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to, to destroy the house of Ahab. While Jehu was executing judgment on the house of Ahab, he found the princes of Judah and the sons of Ahaziah's relatives, who had been attending Ahaziah, and he killed them. He then went in search of Ahaziah, and his men captured him while he was hiding in Samaria. He was brought to Jehu and put to death. They buried him, for they said he was a son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So there was no one in the house of Ahaziah powerful enough to re uh, retain the kingdom. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family of the house of Judah. 
But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Because Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram and wife of the priest Jehoiada, was Ahaziah's sister, she... <laughs> My boyfriend's sister's cousin was just about to get married before he got the coronavirus vaccine. Because, <laughs> because Jehosheba, the daughter of King Jehoram and the wife of the priest Jehoiada, was Ahaziah's sister, she hid the child from Athaliah so she could not kill him. He remained hidden with them at the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. In the seventh year, Jehoiada showed his strength. He made a covenant with the commanders of units of a hundred, Azariah, son of Jehoam, Ishmael, son of Jehohanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Masiah, Masiah, son of Adiah, and Elishaphat, son of Zikri. They went throughout Judah and gathered the Levites and the heads of Israelite families from all the towns. When they came to Jerusalem, the whole assembly made a covenant with the king at the temple of God. Jehoiada said to them, The king's son shall reign as the Lord promised concerning the descendants of David. Now this is what you are to do. A third of you, priests and Levites, who are going on duty on the Sabbath, are to keep watch at the doors. A third of you at the royal palace and a third at the foundation gate. And all the other men are to be in the courtyards of the temple of the Lord. No one is to enter the temple of the Lord except the priests and Levites on duty. They may enter because they are consecrated, but all the other men are to guard what the Lord assigned to them. The Levites are to station themselves around the king, each man with his weapons in his hand. Anyone who enters the temple must be put to death. Stay close to the king wherever he goes. The Levites and all the men of Judah did just as Jehoiada the priest ordered. Each one took his men, those who were going on duty on the Sabbath and those who were going off duty, for Jehoiada the priest had not released any of his divisions. Then he gave the commanders of units of a hundred the spears and the large and small shields that had belonged to King David and that were in the temple of God. He stationed all the men, each with a weapon with weapon in his hand, around the king, near the altar in the tempo, uh, temple from the south side to the north side of the temple. Jehoiada and his sons brought out the king's son and put the crown on him. They presented him with a copy of the covenant and pro proclaimed him king. They anointed him and shouted, Long live the king! When Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and cheering the king, she went to them at the temple of the Lord. She looked, and there was the king standing standing by his pillar at the entrance. The officers and the trumpeters were beside the king, and all the people of the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singers with musical instruments were leading the praises. Then Athaliah tore her robes and shouted, Treason! Treason! Jehoiada the priest sent out the commanders of units of a hundred who were in charge of the troops and said to them, Bring her out between the ranks, and put to the sword anyone who follows her. For the priestess said, Do not put her to death at the temple of the Lord. So they seized her as she reached the entrance of the house gate on the palace grounds, and there they put her to death. Jehoiada then made a covenant that he and the people and the king would be the Lord's people. All the people went to the temple of Baal and turned it, uh, tore it down. They smashed the altars and idols and killed Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Then Jehoiada placed the oversight of the temple of the Lord in the hands of the priests, who were Levites. 
to whom David had made assignments in the temple to present the burnt offerings of the Lord as written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and singing, as David had ordered. He also stationed doorkeepers door at the gates of the Lord's temple so that no one who was in any way unclean might enter. He took with him the commanders of hundreds, the nobles, the rulers of the people, and all the people of the land, and brought the king down from the temple of the Lord. They went to the palace through the upper gate, and seated the king on the royal throne. And all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet, because Athaliah had been slain with a sword. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem forty years. His mother's name was Zibiah, she was from Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years of Jehoiada the priest. Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the years of Jehoiada the priest. Jehoiada chose two wives for him, and he had sons and daughters. Sometime later, Joash decided to restore the temple of the Lord. He called together the priests and Levites and said to them, Go to the towns of Judah and collect the money due annually from all Israel to repair the temple of your God. Do it now. But the Levites did not act at once. Therefore the king summoned Jehoiada, the chief priest, and said to him, Why haven't you required the Levites to bring in from Judah and Jerusalem the tax imposed by Moses, the servant of the Lord, and by the assembly of Israel for the tent of the testimony? Now the sons of that wicked woman, Athaliah, had broken into the temple of God and used even its sacred objects for the balls. At the king's command, a chest was made and placed outside and at the gate of the temple, at the gate of the temple of the Lord. A proclamation was then issued in Judah and Jerusalem that they should bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of Israel in the desert. All the officials and all the people brought their contributions gladly, dropping them into the chest until it was full. All of them gladly, I say unlikely. Whenever the chest was brought in by the Levites to the king's officials, they saw there was a large amount of money. The royal... Whenever the chest was brought in by the Levites to the king's officials, and they saw there was a large amount of money, the royal secretary and the officer of the chief priest would come and empty the chest and carry it back to its place. They did this regularly and collected a great amount of money. The king and Jehoiada gave it to the men who carried out the work required for the temple of the Lord. They hired masons and carpenters to restore the Lord's temple, and also workers in iron and bronze to repair the temple. The men in charge of the work were diligent, and the repairs progressed under them. They rebuilt the temple of God according to its original design and reinforced it. When they had finished, they brought the rest of the money to the king and Jehoiada, and with it were made articles for the Lord's temple, articles for the service and for the burnt offerings, and also dishes and other objects of gold and silver. As long as Jehoiada lived, burnt offerings were presented and continually were presented continually in the temple of the Lord. Now Jehoiada was old and full of years, and he, and he died at the age of 130. He was buried with the kings in the city of David because of the good he had done in Israel for God and his temple. After the death of Jehoiada, the officials of Judah came and paid homage to the king, and he listened to them. They abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their fathers, and worshipped Asherah poles and idols. Oops. Because of their guilt, God's anger came upon Judah and Jerusalem, Although the gods sent prophets to the people to bring them back to him, and though they testified against them, they would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came before Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God, this is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands? You will not prosper, because you have forsaken the Lord. He has forsaken you. 
But they plotted against him, and by order of the king they stoned him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. King Joash did not remember the kindness Zechariah's father Jehoiada had shown him, but killed his son, who said, as he lay dying, May the Lord see this, and call you to account. At the turn of the year, the army of Aram marched against Joash. It invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the people. They sent all the plunder to their king in Damascus, although the Aramean army had come with only a few men. The Lord delivered into their hands a much larger Although the Aramean army had come with only a few men, the Lord delivered into their hands a much larger army. Because Judah had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers, judgment was executed on Joash. When the Arameans withdrew, they left Joash severely wounded. His officials conspired against him for murdering the son of Jehoiada the priest, and they killed him in his bed. So he died, and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Those who conspired against him were Zabad, son of Shimeoth, an Ammonite woman, and Jehozabad, son of Shimrith, a Moabite woman. The account of his sons, the many prophecies about him, and the record of the restorations of the temple of God are written in the annotations on the book of Kings, and Amaziah, his son, succeeded him as king. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Jehoadan. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. After the kingdom was firmly in his control, he executed the officials who had murdered his father, the king. Yet he did not put their sons to death, but acted in accordance with what is written in the law, the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their fathers. Each is to die for his own sins. Which is interesting that that is a law from the book of Moses because there have been many pages worth of punishing those for sins of others. Amaziah called the people of Judah together and assigned them according to their families to the two commanders of thousands and commander of hundreds for all Judah and Benjamin. He then mustered those 20 years old or more and found that there were 300,000 men ready for military service, able to handle the spear and shield. He also hired 100,000 fighting men from Israel for a 100 talents of silver. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, these troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the people of Ephraim. Even if you go and fight courageously in battle, God will overthrow you before the enemy, for God has the power to help or to overthrow. Amaziah asked the man of God, But what about the hundred talents I paid for the Israelite troops? The man of God replied, The Lord can give you much more than that. So Amaziah dismissed the troops who had come to him from Ephraim and sent them home. They were furious with Judah and left home in a great rage. Amaziah then marshaled his strength and led his army to the Valley of Salt, where he killed 10,000 men of Seir. The army of Judah also captured 10,000 men alive, took, took them to the top of a cliff, and threw them down so, they, uh, so that all were dashed to pieces. Meanwhile, the troops that Amaziah had sent back and had not allowed to take part in the uh, war raided Judean towns from Samaria to Beth Haran. They killed 3,000 people and carried off great quantities of plunder. When Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought back the gods of the people of Seir. He sent them 
up as his own gods, bowed down to them and burned sacrifices to them. The anger of the Lord burned against Amaziah, and he sent a prophet to him who said, Why do you consult this people's god? This people's god. Z. Why do you consult this people's gods, which could not save their own people from your hand? While he was still speaking, the king said to him, Have you appointed have we appointed you an advisor to the king? Stop. Why be struck down? So the prophet stopped but said, I know that God has determined to destroy you, because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. After Amaziah, king of Judah, consulted with his advisors, he sent this challenge to Jehoash, son of Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel. Come, meet me face to face. But Jehoash, king of Israel, replied to Amaziah, king of Judah, A thistle in Lebanon sent a message to a cedar in Lebanon, Give your daughter to my son in marriage. Then a wild beast in Lebanon came along and trampled the thistle underfoot. You say to yourself that you have defeated Edom. You say to yourself that you have defeated Edom. <laughs> and now you are arrogant and proud. But stay at home. Why ask for trouble and cause your own downfall and that of Judah also? Amaziah, however, would not listen. For God so worked that he might hand them over to Jehoash because they sought the gods of Edom. So Jehoash, king of Israel, attacked. He and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced each other at Beth Shemesh in Judah. Judah was routed by Israel, and every man fled to his home. Jehoash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, uh, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh. Then Jehoash brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate, a section about 600 feet long. He took all the gold and silver and all the articles found in the temple of God that had been in the care of Obed-Edom, together with the palace treasures and the hostages, and returned to Samaria. Amaziah, son of Joash, king of Judah, lived for fifteen years after the death of Jehoash, son of Jehoaz, king of Israel. As for the other events of Amaziah's reign from beginning to end, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? From the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they conspired against him in Israel, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent men after him to Lachish and killed him there. He was brought back by horse and was buried with his fathers in the city of Judah. When all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father Amaziah. Then all the people, I think I said when all the people, roll the tape back. Just kidding. I don't, I don't do that. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his fathers. Uzziah was sixteen years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty two years. His mother's name was Recolia, and she was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him to who instructed him in the fear of God, as long as he sought the Lord. God gave him the success. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabneh, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs. Sorry, against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the uh, the <laughs> the Meunites. The Ammonites bought, uh, brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. Uzziah built towns in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall, 
and he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile land, for he loved the soil. Uziah had a well-trained army, ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers, as mustered as by Jehiel, Jehiel, the secretary of uh, Masiah, the officer under the direction of Hanania, Hanania, one of the royal officials. The total number of the family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war, a powerful force to support the king against his enemies. Uziah provided shields, spears, helmets, coats of armor, bows, and sling stones for the entire army. In Jerusalem, he made machines designed by skillful men for use on the towers and on the corner defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. But after Uziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of, in of incense. Yeah. Azariah the priest with eighty other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. They confronted him and said, It is not right for you, Uziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy bro broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. Because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz. Uziah rested with his fathers and was buried near them in the field for burial that belonged to the kings, for people said he had leprosy, and Jotham his son succeeded him as king. Jotham was twenty-five years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem sixteen years. His mother's name was Jerusha, daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Uziah had done. But unlike him, he did not enter the temple of the Lord. The people, however, continued their corrupt practices. Jotham rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord and did extensive work on the wall at the hill of Ophel. He built towns in the Judean hills and forts and towers in the wooded areas. Jotham made war on the king of the Ammonites and conquered them. That year the Ammonites paid him a hundred talents of silver, ten thousand cores of wheat, and ten thousand cores of barley. The Ammonites brought him the same amount also in the second and third years. Jotham grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. The other events in Jotham's reign, including all his wars and the other things he did, are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, and Ahaz his son succeeded him as king. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. Unlike David his father, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. 
<sighs> you would think that they learned or learn or some kind of institutional knowledge is passed down here. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and also made cast idols for worshipping the balls. He burned sacrifices in the valley of Ben-Hinnon and sacrificed his sons in the fire. Following the detestable ways of the nations, the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the high places, on the hilltops and under every spreading tree. Therefore, the Lord his God handed him over to the king of Aram. The Arameans defeated him and took many of his people as prisoners and brought them to Damascus. He was also given into the hands of the king of Israel, who inflicted heavy casualties on him. And one day, Bacchus, son of Ramalia, killed a hundred and twenty thousand soldiers in Judah, because Judah had forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. Zikri, an Ephraimite warrior, killed um, Masiah, the king's son. Ezrikam, the officer in charge of the palace, and Elkanah, second to the king. The Israelites took captives, took captive from their kinsmen two hundred thousand wives, sons, and daughters. They also took a great deal of plunder, which they carried back to Samaria. But a prophet of the Lord named Obed was there, and he went out to meet the army when it returned to Samaria. He said to them, Because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he gave them into your hand. But you have slaughtered them in a rage that reaches to heaven. And now you intend to make the women and men, the men and women of Judah and Jerusalem your slaves. But aren't you also guilty of sins against the Lord your God? Now listen to me. Send back your fellow countrymen you have taken as prisoners, for the Lord's fierce anger rests on you. Then some of the leaders in Ephraim, Azariah son of Jehohonan, Berechiah son of Meshilamoth, Jehiz, Jehizkiah, son of Shalom, and Amasa, son of Hadlai, confronted those who were arriving from the war. You must not bring those prisoners here, they said, or we will be guilty before the Lord. Do you intend to add to other sin and guilt? For our guilt is already great, and his fierce anger rests on Israel. So the soldiers came up, gave up the prisoners and plunder in the presence of the officials and all the assembly. The men designated by name took the prisoners, and from the plunder they clothed all who were naked. They provided him with clothes and sandals, food and drink and healing balm. All those who were weak they put on donkeys. So they took them back to their fellow countrymen at Jericho, the city of Palms, and returned to Samaria. At that time, King Ahaz sent to the king of Assyria for help. The Edomites had come and attacked Judah and carried away the prisoners while the Philistines had raided towns in the foothill and in the Negev of Judah. They captured and occupied Beth Shemesh, Ajilon, and Gedaroth, as well as Soko, Timnah, and Gimzo with their surrounding villages. The Lord had humbled Judah because Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had promoted wickedness in Judah and had been most unfaithful to the Lord. Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, came to him, but he gave him trouble instead of help. Ahaz took some of the things from the temple of the Lord and from the royal palace, from the princes, and presented them to the king of Assyria, but that did not help him. In his time of trouble, King Ahaz became even more unfaithful to the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus, who had defeated him. For he thought, since the gods of the king of Aram have helped them, I will sacrifice to them so they will help me. But they were his downfall and the downfall of all Israel. Ahaz gathered together the furnishings from the temple of God and took them away. 
He shut the doors of the Lord's temple and set up altars at every street corner in Jerusalem. In every town in Judah, he brought high places to burn sacrifices to other gods and provoked the Lord, the God of his fathers, to anger. The other events of his reign and all his ways from beginning to end are written in the book of kings of the kings of Judah and Israel. Ahaz, Ahaz rested with his father and was buried in the city of Jerusalem, but he was not placed in the tombs of the kings of Israel. And Hezekiah, his son, succeeded him as king. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side, and said, Listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now, and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our fathers were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the portico and put out the lamps. They did not burn incense or present any burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. Therefore, the anger of the Lord had fallen on Judah and Jerusalem. He was made he has made them an object of dread and horror and scorn, as you can see with your own eyes. This is why our fathers have fallen by the sword, and why our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity. Now I intend to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that his fierce anger will turn away from us. My sons, do not be neg negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him and serve him and to minister before him and to burn incense. Then these Levites set to work. From the Goathites, Mahath, son of uh, Amasai, and Joel, son of Azariah, from the Merarites, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalil, from the Gershonites, Joah, son of Zimah, and Eden, son of Joah, from the descendants of uh, Elizaphan, Zimri and Jeiel, from the descendants of Asaph, Zechariah and Matania, from the descendants of Haman, Jehiel and Shimei from the descendants of Jeduthun, Shemaiah, and Uziel. When they had assembled their brothers and consecrated themselves, they went to purify they went in to purify the temple of the Lord as the king had ordered, following the word of the Lord. The priests went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out the courtyard of the Lord's temple, everything unclean and they the, that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried out to the Kidron Valley. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month. And by the eighth day of the month, they reached the portico of the Lord. For eight more days, they consecrated the temple of the Lord itself, finishing on the sixteenth day of the first month. Then they went in to King Hezekiah and reported, We have purified the entire temple of the Lord, the altar of burnt offerings with all its utensils, and the table for setting out the consecrated bread with all its articles. We have prepared and consecrated all the articles that King Asaz, Ahaz removed in his unfaithfulness while he was king. They are now in front of the Lord's altar. Early the next morning, King Ezekiah gathered the city's officials together and went up to the temple of the Lord. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven male lambs, and seven male goats as a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. The king commanded the priests, the descendants of Aaron, to offer these in the altar of the Lord. So they slaughtered the bulls, and the priests took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. Next, they slaughtered the rams and sprinkled their blood on the altar. Then they slaughtered the lambs and sprinkled their blood on the altar. The goats for the sin offering were brought before the king in the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. 
The priest then slaughtered the goats and presented their blood on the altar for a sin offering to atone for all Israel, because the king had ordered the burnt offering and the sin offering for all Israel. He stationed the Levites in the temple of the Lord with cymbals, harps, and lyres in the way prescribed by David and Gad the seer, the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. This was commanded by the Lord through his prophets. So the Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. As the offering began, singing to the Lord began also, accompanied by trumpets, the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly bowed in worship, while the singers sang and the trumpets played. All this continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. When the offering was finished, the king and everyone present with him knelt down and worshipped. King Hezekiah and his officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. They sang praises with gladness and bowed their heads and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, You have now dedicated yourselves to the Lord. Come and bring sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of the Lord. So the assembly brought, sac the assembly brought sacrifices and thank offerings, and all whose hearts were willing to all whose hearts were willing brought burnt offerings. The number of burnt offerings the assembly brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 male lambs, all of them for burnt offerings to the Lord. The animals consecrated as sacrifices amounted to 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep and goats. The priests, however, were too few to skin all the burnt offerings, so their kinsmen, the Levites, helped them until the task was finished, and until other priests had been consecrated. For the Levites had been priests had been more conscientious in consecrating themselves than the priests had been. So there were burnt offerings in abundance together with the fat of the fellowship offerings and the drink offerings that accompanied the burnt offerings. So the service of the temple of the Lord was reestablished. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced at what God had brought about for his people, because it had been done so quickly. Hezekiah sent word to all Israel and Judah, and also wrote letters to Ephraim and uh, Manasseh, inviting them to come to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. The king and his officials and the whole assembly in Jerusalem decided to celebrate the Passover in the second month. They had not been able to celebrate it at the regular time because not enough priests had consecrated themselves and the people had not assembled in Jerusalem. The plan seemed right both to the king and to the whole assembly. They decided to send a proclamation throughout Israel from Beersheba to Don, calling the people to come to Israel, to come to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. It had not been celebrated in large numbers according to what was written. At the king's command, couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the king and from his officials, which read, People of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may return to who are left, who have escaped from the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of their fathers, so that he made them an object of horror, as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were. Submit to the Lord. Come to the sanctuary which he has consecrated forever. Serve the Lord your God, so that his fierce anger will turn away from you. If you return to the Lord, then your brothers and your children will be shown compassion by their captors and will come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate, and he will not turn his face from you if you return to him. The couriers went from town to town in Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun, but the people scorned and ridiculed them. Nevertheless, some men of Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. 
Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. A very large crowd of people assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month. They removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the fourteenth day of the second month. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took up their regular positions as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood handed to them by the Levites. Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lambs for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate their lambs to the Lord. Although many, most of the many people who had come from Ephraim, uh, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Ezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone who sets his heart on seeking God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even if he is not clean according to the rules of his sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with great rejoicing, while the Levites and priests sang to the Lord every day, accompanied by the Lord's instruments of praise. Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites, who showed good understanding of the service of the Lord. For the seven days they ate their assigned portion and offered fellowship offerings, and praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival seven more days, so for another seven days they celebrated joyfully. Hezekiah, king of Judah, provided a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep and goats for the assembly, and the officials provided them with a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep and goats. A great number of priests consecrated themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced, along with the priests and Levites and all who had assembled from Israel, according to the aliens who had come from Israel and those who lived in Judah. There was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the days of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The priests and the Levites stood to bless the people, and God heard them, for their prayer reached heaven, his holy dwelling place. When all this had ended, the Israelites who were there went out to the towns of Judah, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. They destroyed the high places and the altars throughout Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh. 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 After they had destroyed all of them, the Israelites returned to their towns and to their own property. Hezekiah assigned the priests and the Levites to divisions, each of them according to their duties as priests or Levites, to offer burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, to minister, to give thanks, and to sing praises at the gates of the Lord's dwelling. The king contributed from his own possessions for the morning and evening burnt offerings, for the burnt offerings on the Sabbaths, new moons, and appointed feasts as written in the law of the Lord. He ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion due to the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive uh, oil and honey, and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. The men of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord their God. They piled them in heaps. Begin doing this in the third month and finish in the seventh month. When Ezekiel and his officials came and saw the heaps, they praised the Lord and blessed his people, Israel. Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites about the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest from the family of Zadok, answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. 
because the Lord has blessed his people, and this great amount is left over. Hezekiah gave orders to prepare storerooms in the temple of the Lord, and this was done. Then they faithfully brought in the contributions, tithes, and dedicated gifts. Kononia, uh, a Levite, was in charge of these things, and his brother Shimei was next in rank. Jehiel, Azaziah, Nahath, Asahel, Jeremoth, Josabad, Eliel, uh, Imachiah, Mahath, and Benaiah were supervisors under Kuniah and Shimei, his brother, by appointment of King Hezekiah and Josariah, the official in charge of the temple of God. Kor, son of Imna, the Levite, keeper of the East Gate, was in charge of the freewill offerings given to God, distributing, distributing the contributions made to the Lord and also the consecrated gifts. Eden, uh, Miniamin, Jeshua, Shemaiah, uh, uh, Amariah, and Shekaniah assisted him faithfully in the towns of the priests, distributing to their fellow priests according to their divisions, old and young alike. In addition, they distributed to the males three years old or more whose names were in the genealogical records, all who would enter the temple of the Lord to perform the daily duties of their various tasks according to their responsibilities and their divisions. And they distributed to the priests enrolled by their families in the genealogical records and likewise to the Levites, 20 years old or more, according to their responsibilities and their divisions. They included all the little ones, the wives and the sons and daughters of the whole community listed in the genealogical records, for they were faithful in consecrating themselves. As for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who lived in the farmlands around their towns and in any other towns, Men were designated by name to distribute portions to every male among them and to all who were recorded in the gene genealogies of the Levites. This is what Ezekiah did throughout Judah, doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God, and everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly, and so he prospered. After all that Ezekiah had so faithfully done, Zenacherib, king of Syria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Ezekiah saw that uh, Zenacherib had come and that he intended to make war on Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city, and they helped him. A large force of men assembled, and they blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed from the land. What should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty? Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water? They said. Then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside the one and reinforced the supporting terrorists of terror terrorists terraces of the city of David. He also made large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is greater power with us than with him. With him, with him is only the army of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and fight our battles. And the people gave confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Later, when Sennacherib, king of Syria, and all his forces were laying siege in Lachish, laying siege to Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah, king of Judah, and for all the people of Judah who went there. 
This is what Sennacherib, king of Assyria, says. On what you are basing your confidence. On what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says, the Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and burn sacrifices on it? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of the other lands? Were the gods of those nations ever able to deliver the land from my hand? Who of all the gods of these nations that my fathers destroyed had been able to save his people from me? How then can your God deliver you from my hand? Now do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this. Do not believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your god deliver you from my hand? Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord and against his servant Hezekiah. The king also wrote letters insulting the Lord, the God of Israel, and saying this against him. Just as the gods of the peoples of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. Then they called out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to terrify them and to make them afraid in order to capture the city. They spoke about the God of Jerusalem as they did about the gods of the other peoples of the world, the work of men's hands. King Ezekiel and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel, who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders and the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace. And when he went to the temple of his god, some of his sons cut down, cut him down with a sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Syria, from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. Many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah, king of Judah. From then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Ezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore, the God's wrath did not come upon them during the days of Ezekiah. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made treasures for his silver and gold and for his precious stones, treasuries for his silver, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuables. He also made buildings to store the harvest grain, new wine and oil. He made stalls for various kinds of cattle and pens for the flocks. He built villages and acquired great numbers of flocks and herds, for God had given him very great riches. It was Ezekiel who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. He succeeded in everything he undertook, but when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. Because your goodwill must always be proved. And your commitment to the Lord. We have to take his goodness on faith. And he cannot and does not take our goodness on faith.
The other events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are written in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his fathers and was buried on the on the hill where the tomb the tombs of David's descendants are. All Judah and the people of Jerusalem honored him when he died, and Manasseh his son succeeded him as king. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem fifty-five years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He also erected altars to the balls and made Asherah, and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both the courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his sons in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hanam, practiced sorcery, divination, and witchcraft, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. He took the carved image he made and put it in the God's temple, put it in God's temple of which God had said to David and to his son Solomon in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites leave the land I assigned your forefathers. If only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them concerning all the laws, decrees, and ordinances given through Moses. But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray. So they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and to his and his people, uh, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, brought against them, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Afterward, he rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David, west of Gihon, of the Gihon Spring in the valley, as far as the entrance of the fish gate and encircling the hill of Ophel. He also made it much higher. He stationed military commanders in all the fortified cities in Judah. He got rid of the foreign gods and removed the image from the temple of the Lord, as well as all the altars he had built on the temple hill and in Jerusalem, and he threw them out of the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed fellowship offerings and thanks offerings on it, and told Judah to serve the Lord, the God of Israel. The people, however, continued to sacrifice at the high places, but only, but only to the Lord their God. The other events of Manasseh's reign, including his prayer to his God and the words this year spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are written in the annals of the kings of Israel. His prayers and how God was moved by his entreaty, as well as all his signs, sins, and unfaithfulness, and the sites where he built high places and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself, all are written in the records of the seers. Manasseh rested with his fathers and was buried in his palace, and Ammon his son succeeded him as king. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon worshipped and offered sacrifices to all the idols Manasseh had made. But unlike his father uh, Manasseh, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Ammon increased his guilt. 
Ahmad's officials uh, conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. Then the people of the land killed all who had plotted against King Ahmad, and they made Josiah his son king in his place. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. In his twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, Asherah poles, carved idols, and cast images. Under his direction, the altar of the balls were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and smashed the Asherah poles, the idols, and the images. These he broke to pieces and scattered them over the graves of those who sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars, and he purged Judah and Jerusalem, and the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali, and in the ruins around them. He tore down the altars and the Asherah poles and crushed the idols to powder and cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. Then he went back to Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of Josiah's reign, so when he was in his late twenties, I guess, to purify the land of the temple, he sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, and uh, Messiah, the ruler of the city, with Joah, son of Johaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They went to Hilkiah, the high priest, and gave him the money that had been brought into the temple of God, which the Levites, who were the doorkeepers, had collected from the people of Manasseh, uh, Manasseh, Ephraim, and the entire remnant of Israel, from the people of Judah and Benjamin and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then they entrusted it to the men appointed to supervise the work of the Lord's temple. These men paid the workers who repaired and restored the temple. They also gave money to the carpenters and builders to purchase dressed stone, the timber for joists and beams for the buildings that the king of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. The men did the work faithfully, did the work. Over them to direct them were Jehoth and Obadiah, Levites descended from Merari and Zechariah and Meshulam, descended from Kohath. The Levites, all who were skilled in playing musical instruments, had charge of the laborers and supervised all the workers from job to job. Some of the Levites were secretaries, scribes, and bookkeepers. While they were bringing out the money that had been taken in the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that had been given through Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king and reported to him, Your officials are doing everything that has been committed to them. They have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the supervisors and workers. Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan the secretary, and Asaiah, the king's attendant, Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant in Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the, Lord, is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in this book. Ah, so this is why we are punished for the sins of our fathers. We lost the book. We lost the number one most important book. <laughs> and Moses worked so hard to get this book all together. Hilkiah and those the king had sent with him went to speak to the prophetess Holda, who was the wife of Shalom, son of Jokoth, the son of Hashra, the keeper of the wardrobe. She lived in Jerusalem in the second district. 
She said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people, all the curses written in the book that has been read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and provoked me to anger by all that their hands have made. My anger will be poured out on this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before God when you heard what he spoke against this place and its people, and because you humbled yourself before me and tore your robes and wept in my presence, I heard you, declares the Lord. Now I will gather you to your fathers and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring to this place and all those who live here. So they took her answer back to the king. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. So he went to the temple of the Lord and the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, regulations and decrees with all his heart and all his soul to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. Good for Josiah. Then he had everyone in Jerusalem and Benjamin pledge themselves to it. The people of Jerusalem did this in accordance with the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Josiah removed all the detestable idols from the territory, from all the territory to belonging to the Israelites. And he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their fathers. Josiah celebrated the Passover to the Lord in Jerusalem, and the Passover lamb was slaughtered on the fourteenth day of the first month. He appointed the priests to their duties and encouraged them in the service of the Lord's temple. He said to the Levites, who instructed all Israel and who had been consecrated to the Lord, Put the sacred ark in the temple that Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, built, and is not to be carried about on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people Israel. Prepare yourselves from families in your divisions, according to the directions written by David, king of Israel, and by his son Solomon. Stand in the holy place with a group of Levites for each subdivision of the families of your fellow countrymen, the lay people. Slaughter the Passover lambs, consecrate yourselves, and prepare the lambs for your fellow countrymen, doing what the Lord commanded through Moses. Josiah provided for all the lay people who were there a total of 30,000 sheep, and goats for all the Passover offerings, and also 3,000 cattle, all from the king's own possessions. His officials also contributed voluntarily to the people and the priests and the Levites, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, the administrators of God's temple, gave the priests 2,600 Passover offerings and 300 cattle, also Kaniah along with Shemaiah and Nathaniel his brothers and Hashabiah, Jeel and Josabad, the leaders of the Levites, provided 5,000 Passover offerings and 500 heads of cattle for the Levites. The service was arranged and the priests stood in their places with the Levites and their divisions of the king had ordered. The Passover lambs were slaughtered and the priests sprinkled the blood handed to them while the Levites skinned the animals. They set aside the burnt offerings to give them to the subdivisions of the families of the Lord, uh, the families of the people to offer the Lord, as is written in the book of Moses. They they did the same with the cattle. They roasted the Passover animals over the fire as prescribed and boiled the holy offerings in pots, cauldrons, and pans, and served them quickly to all the people. 
After this, they made preparations for themselves and for the priests, because the priests, the descendants of Aaron, were sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fat portions until nightfall. So the Levites made preparations for themselves and for the Aaronic priests. The musicians, the descendants of Asaph, were in the places uh, prescribed by David, Asaph, Heman, uh, and Jeduthun, the king's seer. The gatekeepers at each gate did not need to leave their posts because the fellow Levites made the preparations for them. So at the time, the entire service of the Lord was carried out for the celebration of the Passover and the offering, offering of burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord, as King Josiah had ordered. The Israelites who were present celebrated the Passover at that time and observed the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. Passover had not been observed like this in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel, and none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as did Josiah, with the priests, the Levites, and all Judah and Israel who were there with the people of Jerusalem. This Passover was celebrated in the 18th year of Josiah's reign, the death of Josiah. And the last page of Chronicles, this, this was a lot. I don't know what part of me has been counting like 10 pages an hour. It's more like seven pages an hour. And that's like without extended coffee and water slurping and also obnoxious commentary. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's more like five pages, which means it's going to take us four fucking ever <laughs> to get through the end of this. My prediction at this point is at least 70, uh, 70 episodes, but... We'll see. The death of Josiah. After all this, when Josiah had set up the temple, after all this, when Josiah had set the temple in order, Necho, king of Egypt, went up to fight the Carchemish on the Euphrates, and Josiah marched out to meet him in battle. But Necho sent messengers to him, saying, What quarrel is there between you and me, O king of Judah? It is not you I am attacking at this time, but the house with which I am at war. God has told me to hurry, so stop opposing God who is with me, or he will destroy you. Josiah, however, would not turn away from him, but disguised himself to engage him in battle. He would not listen to what Necho had said at God's command, but went to fight him in the plain of Megiddo. Archers shot King Josiah, and he told his officers, Take me away, I am badly wounded. So they took him out of his chariot and put him in the other chariot he had, and brought him to Jerusalem, where he died. He was buried in the tombs of his father, and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for him. Jeremiah composed laments for Josiah, and to this day all the men and women singers commemorate Josiah and all the laments. And all the laments. Uh, these became a tradition in Israel and are written in the laments. The other events of Josiah's reign and his acts of devotion, according to what is written in the law of the Lord, all the events from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, son of Josiah, and made him king in Jerusalem in place of his father. Jehoahaz was 23 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. The king of Egypt dethroned him in Jerusalem and imposed on Judah a levy of a hundred talents of silver and a talent of gold. The king of Egypt made Eliakim, a brother of Jehoahaz, Jehoahaz king of over Judah and Jerusalem, and changed Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. But Necho took Eliakim's brother Jeho Jehoahaz and carried him off to Egypt. Jehoiakim was 25 years old when he became king. 
when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord his God. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked him and bound him with bronze shackles to take him to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar also took to Babylon articles from the temple of the Lord and put them in his temple there. The other events of Jehoiakim's reign, the detestable things he did, and all that was found against him are written in the books of the kings of Israel and Judah. And Jehoiakim, with the chin, Jehoiachin, Jehoiakim, his son, succeeded him as king. Jehoiakim was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months and ten days but who's counting he did evil in the eyes of the lord in the spring king nebuchadnezzar sent for him and brought him to babylon together with articles of value from the temple of the lord and he made jehoiakim's uncle zedekiah king over judah and jerusalem zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned in jerusalem 11 years he did evil in the eyes of the Lord his God and did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke the word of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who made him take an oath in God's name. He became stiff-necked, stiff-necked, and hardened his heart and would not turn to the Lord, the God of Israel. Furthermore, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful, following all the detestable practices of the nations and defiling the temple of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them through his messengers again and again, because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked God's messengers, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people, and there was no remedy. He brought up against them the king of the Babylonians, who killed their young uh, who killed their young men with the sword in the sanctuary and spared neither young man nor young woman, old man or aged. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. He carried to Babylon all the articles from the temple of God, both large and small, and the treasures of the Lord's temple and the treasures of the kings and his officials. They set fire to God's temple and broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all the palaces and destroyed everything of value there. He carried into exile he carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and his sons until the king of Persia came to power the land enjoyed its sabbath rests all the time of its desolation it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the lord the word of the word of the lord spoken by Jeremiah in the first year of Cyrus king of Persia in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm, throughout his realm, his realm, and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says: The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and He has appointed me to build a temple for Him at Jerusalem and Judah. Any one of His people among you, may the Lord, His God, be with him and let him go up. And that ends two chronicles. Let go and let God. <laughs>